welcome to Listoff. My name's Nat. And I'm Ozzy. And uh, this week, in the first of many uh, star-studded guest appearances and friend-studded guest appearances, we've got uh, journalist, writer, broadcaster, and erstwhile third member of our gang, Hayley Campbell. Hello. Yeah. And what are we doing this week? <laughs> well, Hayley said, Hayley was like, oh. Hayley suggested do, it. Are you going to do, like favorite rabbits because it's easter i don't know if you were joking and we were like yeah well i, we'll I think i was it. out the back yeah. thinking of thinking of rabbits and then was just listing them in my head out offload an idea to you maybe you'd list them in the in the chat don't know. do you have rabbits in your um in your garden no but no, nightmare but i you know they would be a nightmare so it's one of those things you know i have other tormentors in the garden there's squirrels no no rabbits but uh it is the kind of thing that my people as gardeners uh worry about <laughs> yeah i don't think it's a problem in london i don't think rabbits they're not they're not hardy like a squirrel you know what i mean like a squirrel will come up yeah. to you and steal your chips out of your hand. <laughs> i don't like we had a squirrel in our house once and uh it obviously got in and then has <laughs> like absolutely demolished our house they're horrible things horrible animals and yet when they come up to my back door and look at me i will roll them a digestive and i like i i could break them in half but i prefer to roll them a whole one because then they have to hog push the whole thing into their gob and run <laughs> off with it <clears throat> can you imagine looking out your window and seeing a squirrel running off with that 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 is why they're That's okay quite nice. and That's so anybody right. else that sees it like a neighbor is going to be like they stole it not knowing that <laughs> actually it's, you, you've been like freely handing them over so much so that I have a technique, a rolling technique. <laughs> <laughs> they have to eat constantly, squirrels. Oh, yeah. That's what. That's all they do. Their whole purpose in life is to find food to eat and eat it. That's all they do. Isn't yours? It's mine. It is, like, at the minute. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, rabbits. How did you find doing rabbit lists? I guess this is rabbits and bunnies and hares. Are we including hares? Yeah, I oh, reckon. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we can't not include hairs. You this is your not... first time trying to come, uh, trying to come up with a list, Haley. Did you yeah. find it difficult coming up with five favourite rabbits? No, I didn't. But I, I will say, I think my order is sort of nonsense. It's, um, it, it's the order they came out, and I, I, I did move them around a bit. But there, you know, there's some order, but it's most. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's set. I'm predicting a high level of overlap. Oh yeah. Um, I would say I would say the top five. I'd say the top four was fairly easy mm -hmm. for me, and but then five and then tons of also ran. I think there's a lot of bad rabbits that yeah. I wouldn't. I there's a lot more rabbits I don't like that I might bring <laughs> up later than the ones I do. There's some I've got real beef with. I think I had four set ones and then my fifth one kept changing. Same, Aussie. I don't think there'll be that much crossover with my list. I think I'll have, I don't, and I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, uh, I feel like there's going to be a lot of rabbits where I'm like, oh yeah, that's obvious. I didn't think of that, you know, because I, th okay. I thought yeah. about the rabbits in my own way. I thought there were fewer obvious rabbits than I was expecting, but we'll see. We shall see. <laughs> right. Uh, Haley, since you're the guest, special guest, special, special guest, you should uh, kick us off with your number five rabbit. My, my number five is the were-rabbit from 
Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. It's actually just Wallace. Um, I, that's a bit of a spoiler, actually. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a major, that is a major spoiler in the, in the, in the film. I love Wallace and Gromit and I always have, and I love it because of its absurd, exaggerated Englishness. And uh, I think the fact that, so the way Wallace becomes a were-rabbit is he starts this anti-pest company. They're called anti-pesto, but they're humane. So he's not going to kill the rabbits. So he and Gromit go out in their van and they collect all of the rabbits and then they take them home and they just, he tries to turn them off vegetables by putting in, putting them in his latest invention, which is the mind manipulation omatic to brainwash them against eating vegetables, which, you know, makes sense and it all goes fine until he he flicks a switch and instead of it's got like a suck or blow property to it and somehow he blows the rabbit out of the machine and the the rabbit gets stuck to his head for a moment mm -hmm. and that rabbit they sort of mind meld and become each other so that rabbit becomes hutch he's like a wallaceified rabbit and they put him in a hutch and it's all fine he doesn't seem to like vegetables he just wants cheese now and uh, nothing seems to have happened to Wallace, but then there's a giant monster going around eating everyone's massive marrows. And uh, Gromit finds out that it's actually Wallace. And what I like about it is it's this mad sort of parody of classic monster movies, except it's got that absurd Englishness that Wallace and Gromit has. And, it, you know, a rabbit, it's just, it's mad. And they do a transformation scene like American Werewolf in London, where Wallace has got his hands and they're stretching, but they're stretching into these big <laughs> fluffy paws. And, uh, you know, this little puffy tail rips the arse out of his trousers. And he's still wearing Wallace's bow tie when he bounces off to eat everyone's pumpkins and stuff. It's just a mad cartoon and, and I'm really into it. So he's my number five. That sounds good. I haven't good seen up. that one. I haven't seen it. I've seen the shorts. I've never seen the feature. Wallace and Gromit. Have they just done one? Is there more than one no, now? There's two now. There's a UFO one. There's an alien aliens one. I haven't seen that. Oh no, one. that's that's Shaun the Sheep. That counts, doesn't it? It's a spin -off. That's a spin-off. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think there's well, I think there's two Shaun the Sheeps and one Wallace and Gromit. It's in the film, same universe. Oh sure. It's in the uh the, the, the Ardman <laughs> extended universe. The the the, uh, <laughs> the Gromit cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, Gromit, interestingly enough, Hayley, didn't make our top five dogs I on know, either of our lists. I know. I noticed that when I was listening. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's all right, because Ren, I'm was, more Ren a, was the top guy, and he was always going to yeah. win. Yeah. I'm more of a Wallace man than I am a Gromit man. Yeah. Uh, I like Peter Sally. He's got a lot of time for him. Got a lot yeah. of time for the man. Shall I go next? Go for it. I was going to say, because I'm next, but only on my screen am I next. I don't think the order is the same when everybody's. My number five is um, comic book Samurai Rabbit Usagi Ojimbo, which, mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it, is a, is a great kind of kids comic, kind of 10 to 10 to 15 year olds kind of comic. I don't know. And it's um, it's just a retelling, mostly, of a load of classic samurai stories. Uh Musashi Miyamoto and kind of Lone Wolf and Cub and all these kind of tropey samurai things, but retold with a with a rabbit. The rabbit ties his two ears into a 
samurai top knot. <laughs> and that's just like, that's why they, he invented it. Stan Sakai, who did the comic from, who created him in, in 1984 and it's still going now. Same guy drawing them all, had hundreds of issues. And um, yeah, he just drew this rabbit with a, with a top knot, with, with his ears tied into a top knot and was like, that's it. I've got to do a, got to do a rabbit samurai comic. I wonder and, if he regrets it. I don't think so. I think he's one of those really wholesome people who's been doing a kid story for like 30 something years. And it's just, I don't know, because he was a letterer before. He he just did the lettering in 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 comics and, you know, was working on his own plans. And they, they're lovely looking. They all have animal, all the characters are animals. So the bad guys are like rhinos and turtles and I don't know, other animals. And they, they're all dressed up as samurais. And it's very sort of straight and historical but it's really charming and lovely to look at and you know it's a nice way of dipping into a bit of Jap classic medieval japanese stuff and history and setting and everything but it's all pretty wholesome and rabbity um i will say at this point that my number five is also miyamoto usagi the uh comic book rabbit um and i was reluctant to include it because i feel like can I include that? Because I feel like I'd have to be a super fan to include it. Whereas I don't have the entire run of Usagi Ojima, but I have bits and pieces of it. But I kept thinking about how much I respect Stan Sakai in the comics world. I think he is one of the most, the people I kind of respect more than I get his stuff, if you know what I mean. I think he's a super, like, I really like the idea of someone who's committed years and years to writing and drawing the adventures of a samurai rabbit for 30 odd years and one of the things i really like about it is everything's so well researched and you'll have bowls and you'll have little things where it's like that's an actual japanese bowl and i like to imagine this sort of middle-aged aging uh a man going to museums and sketching japanese objects and then to include them in a an anthropomorphic uh, rabbit story it's almost like they're just much better than they need to be and they're, they're yeah they're kind of for kids I don't really think of them for kids but they are I guess they're certainly all ages things but as you say they're super charming and the times when I buy it is often when I hear someone rumors that uh that they're going to stop doing that and that's often when I go I'm going to start getting them then so yeah you do kind of want it to it. go on forever yeah yeah I think it's like in the comics world I just think he's one of the most sort of yeah respected and sort of charming thing. And I, I'm not a fan of anthropomorphized animal things. You're not a furry. I find it, I find it a bit creepy. I find it a bit weird. But I will make a big exception for Usagi Ojimbo. I think it's so well done. And yeah, as you say, it's sort of super charming and does it correctly. When I was a kid, um, that was the thing I kept because he shows up in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons. And so they did a toy of him. So you were able, as a little kid, to get a toy of this quite, you know, obscure, independent comic book character. And I always liked that you could get a Usagi Ojimbo action figure. You still got before. it? Before. Um, I think I do. I, well, I don't know where it is, but I thought <laughs> I thought I did, but I couldn't find it. Uh, oh. But it was something I made a, it was it was a time, it was a thing I made a, a note to keep mm. rather than to get rid of. You got rid of all and that's that. it. It's almost like I sort of, when I wasn't going to include it, I sort of had these little moments of my life sort of was peppered through things where I go, <laughs> I really like, I really like 
I really like that Samurai Rabbit. Um, the best thing in it is when the animals die, they just have a little thought bubble of an animal skull. That's, oh, that's the, good. That's their last thing. That's <laughs> good. Hi, My number four is kind of a cheat because it's all of the suicidal rabbits in Andy Riley's bunny suicides cartoons. Um, I have been writing a book recently, which is partly why I haven't seen you guys in ages because I'm trying to mm. keep myself trapped in a house. It's also partly- You know there's another reason, right? <laughs> yeah, it's also <laughs> partly the pandemic, but it's yeah. mo I was doing this before the pandemic. So yeah, you've you know, been pandemicking before. I've been in lockdown and uh, you know, writing a book is an unfun thing to do. It's a massive privilege that anyone would want to publish it. So, you know, massively grateful to Bloomsbury, et cetera, please. Thank you. Um, but I do spend 98% of my time plotting how I might get out of it. And uh, when those plans don't work, how I might kill myself. And I, I think these bunnies are just truly inspirational in, in how they're planning to kill themselves. And I was flicking through the books went before we came on here and there's one where he's tied a noose to the minute hand of the town clock and he's just waiting patiently beneath it to be lifted up <laughs> there's um another one where he's sitting on a stool in the middle of uh in the middle of the road and on either side of him are two opposing shops there's world of knives and then electromagnets are us um there's one where he's stuck his you know how when you've got the dvd tray and it comes out it's got that little hole in the middle there's one where he's stuck his head up through the hole and then he's reaching his little toe out to press the button to make it go in <laughs> like a guillotine it's like there's there are these mad rube goldberg contraptions that lead to their certain death and i just love it there's also one where it's the a, a drawing of noah's ark and all of the animals are marching onto the boat and then there's two rabbits in front of the ark just setting out a picnic <laughs> fuck that <laughs> so um i I, uh, yeah, they're, they're an inspiration to me and they have much better ideas than I do. So, I like uh... that um, what you've just done is essentially an audio book of <laughs> some cartoons. <laughs> yeah, well. Do you... Available they for audible out... recordings. <laughs> they had to figure out how to do it. Are they multiple bunnies or is it one bunny who's continually thinking up these ways? There are cartoons where there are multiple bunnies. Right. So I think it's just the many, many bunnies. Of... Suicide. A whole population of bunnies who've uh, signed a book deal. Yeah. Do you, do you worry about Mr. Riley's um, sort of mind? I mean, he sees the possibility. Of course I do. He's a cartoonist. That's all... <laughs> <laughs> fair. It's fair. I, I, I found one of those books the other day and I, I thought, oh, I'd forgotten all about this. And when I looked through it on the cover, he has got some very uh, high-level celebrity endorsements, including one I saw from Elton John. And I thought, what is the what is the scenario where Elton John gives you a a pull quote for a book? Yeah, I thought very very high-ranking, um, high-level celebrity I endorsements. If some if if a celebrity sends you a, a quote for the front of your book, and you're going to be like, cool, because I was going to get like you know my editor's yeah. sister to do it you know i think you you're going to go yeah. with it thank you send i just i was interested how it came about i wanted to know how that came well, about. well i'll give it a go I and let ask. you know how it comes out yeah you, <laughs> okay. you ask, ask El elton 
El- ask Elton to do yours. <laughs> yeah. Right. This one isn't going to be on your list for sure. It's not going to be a crossover because it's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, probably it's not going to be on your list, I don't think, because it's my childhood rabbit, not my real childhood rabbit. Rest in peace, Acro, short for Acrobat. Uh, <laughs> 1986 to 80. Was it suicide or uh, natural causes? <laughs> it was a fox. Oh, my guys. Yeah, it was a fox. And uh, I've never trusted foxes since they killed my rabbit and my guinea pig. And um, I was pretty upset about it. But the good thing about it um, was that my mum picked me up from school and she was like, we got to go and get some new uh, trainers. And she was, you know, quite serious and whatever. And we went to the we went to uh, the uh, shoe shop bit that was like a trainer's bit next uh, part of Jimmy's Shoes on Essex Road back in the day. Had its own name. It was a sports shop then. But um, yeah, we went in there and uh, I was like, well, do what I always do, which would be like, I want these Nike Air Jordans. And normally my mum would look at the price and be like, no, how about these high techs? You know, how about these Knicks? You know, and um, on this occasion, she went, Okay. Did you so, know the did you know something was up at that point? Well, when when we got out to the car, and my mom was like, "Listen, um, while you were at school, I went out to the rabbit hutch, and yeah, so the the I got so the rabbit died, but I got um, I got a pair of uh, Air Jordan fives, so oh, I was all right. I mean, it was okay. It was a it was a it was an up and down day. It was a mixed day." The next day, yeah. I didn't know whether to, to laugh or cry. Only time I ever got a pair of trainers like that, but it's not that rabbit anyway, because you know, she, she was blind in one eye anyway. It's not that, it's a soft toy rabbit, a particularly crappy soft toy. It's this flat rabbit. Oh my I'm goodness, yeah, <laughs> for our video viewers, is a, is a flat, but he's very flat. <laughs> Did he begin he's, flat? He was pretty flat, he's been <laughs> slightly, he's slightly less than he was. It's made in Belgium by the Pop Art Toy Company. <laughs> the label, if you want to. And he's a flat rabbit. He looks very sad. Yeah. What not... happened to him? I just always, I've kept, I kept him. When I got rid of most of my soft toys, I kept him because he just looks like he's seen some things. He has the look <laughs> of like a kind of PTSD sort of half life of a of a rabbit. Like he's carried on, but he's he's long since given up and was uh, he blue and white before or is that is it was the brownness the brownness is is added (laughs) the brownness is like sort of brown love it's been loved love brown brown. (laughs) yeah he's just yeah um uh he's 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 yeah he's 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 pretty sad looking but he's very loved and i even when we were doing comic books nat like 20 years ago i did a i remember I did a strip about flat rabbit where he went space in a in a egg-shaped spaceship um and i always like the idea of flat rabbit yeah he's, he's, flat rabbit's a good guy it's a good guy so yeah that i immediately thought of flat rabbit in my top top five but very unlikely to be on anybody else's list was he always called flat rabbit did he have a, I a different think, name i don't think he had a name as a kid and then when i was a little bit older when i was like 10 or something i'd be like that's my flat rabbit you know <laughs> like, i had other rabbit i don't 
I don't know if I did have other rabbits, but he was flat, flatter than anybody else that I had. So flat rabbit, like flat Stanley. You're, you're somebody who has children. Have you ever thought about maybe after it's been in the wash, giving it to your own kids? I've actually got some of my kids' rabbits behind me. They've got uh, tons. Yeah, yeah. They do not need more rabbits. And they they've got okay. round rabbits. They've got round, plush, soft, <laughs> nice, comforting rabbits. Not this kind of shell-shocked flat rabbit <laughs> with, with with brown love on it you know i'm saying brown love. <laughs> anyway no no the children can't have it they can't have flat rabbit he's too special he's too he's already traumatized you know he's like you know in toy story there's the the wheezy penguin on the shelf that's terrified of the kid like please don't let them in all the all the notes when they're all hiding under the bed from the baby in the short anyway whatever he's like that he's like he's he's retired from the child hanging out with game you know on uh he's been discharged honorable discharged looks like he's got some sort of discharge in him <laughs> um right next you'll go down <laughs> number four my number four is Harvey, the invisible rabbit that may or may not exist in the mind of James Stewart in the film Harvey, who I guess that is sort of a cheat because he it's hard to know whether he actually is a real rabbit or not. But he is a six foot or seven foot tall rabbit who he is six probably... feet three and a half inches. Matt, stick to the facts. Okay. He's a six foot three and a half inch rabbit who James Stewart sees, but he's see also seen as um an alcoholic and it's a strange fable of a man who is it is he actually happier if he just drinks himself to death <laughs> <laughs> is he happier is he just happier knowing being able to see harvey um but he's actually that's all based on this sort of celtic folklore um that, that is a sort of idea that there are these sort of anthropomorphized creatures who could be various different animals. So it sort of brings that into it. But it's a very charming film and a very charming performance of someone who you believe a rabbit is there or not. It's sort of, you know, you get you get that done again in things like Donnie Darko, where he can see a giant rabbit. And also, I always think it's probably an influence on something like um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where you have this idea of this cartoon rabbit who's who does actually exist in the mind of uh, Bob Hoskins, but in that, in that world is, is like a real rabbit. But I think it's sort of the, the originator of all those. And it's a very charming film, not least because of uh, James Stewart, who is one of the most kind of charming and charismatic actors ever for me. Um, and something i did something i was looking for today the song uh turtle power from the teenage mutant ninja turtles um movie the first one and for because i thought it'd be funny i did um um i came up with this thing for tom tom crowley who's a friend of ours and uh one of his birthdays because the film the, the song Turtle Power by Partners in Crime is basically the entire plot from beginning to end of the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, including the bit where Shredder dies at the end in the song 
that's released before the film that gives an entire rundown of the entire plot, like a sight and sound review of a film, right? That's the first time. That's the first time partners in in rhyme have been compared to sight and sound magazine. Well, that's part of the Venn diagram I exist in. Um, So what I did was I did uh, the entire plot of the movie Harvey in the style of Partners in Crime, (laughs) Turtle Power. And it goes H-A-R-V-E-Y, Harvey, H-A-V-E-H-A-R-V-E-Y, Power, H-A-R-V-E-Y, Power, H-A-R-V-E-Y, Harvey. Vita Louise tries to marry off Myrtle, her daughter, but thanks to her Uncle Elwood, nobody will court her. They're hiding a secret so that nobody will blab it because Elwood thinks he's friends with an invisible rabbit. That sounds bad already, but that's not really all because the invisible rabbit Harvey is over six feet tall. Vita tries to have her brother Elwood commit to an asylum, but once there, they meet Miss Kelly and the young Dr. Lyman. Miss Kelly's charmed by Elwood and gives her a flower, and that's because he possesses Harvey power. H-A-R-V-E-Y Power H-A-R-V-E-Y Power H-A-R-V-E-Y Power H-A-R-V-E-Y Harvey After some confusion, Vita's committed Instead, but is in free by Willie Chumley, the sanatorium's head Now Chumley needs to commit <laughs> Elwood so that he can save face But Elwood's left already, so they all begin chase They all find Elwood P at his favourite bar Lyman Sanderson, who's Miss Kelly, takes him back in the car once back at their home for the mentally ill, they're joined by the cabbie, Vita Myrtle, Judge Gaffney and Will. Elwood's a gent, but with his sister seems sour, and that's because they have any Harvey power. H-A-E-V-E-Y, <laughs> still going. H-A-R-V-E-Y power. H-A-R-V-E-Y power. H-A-R-V-E-Y Harvey. Chumley talks to Elwood alone with the greatest of insistence and reveals he knows beliefs of Harvey's existence. Lyman Sanderson convinces Elwood to inject a serum, which would mean the invisible rabbit would go nowhere near him. The cab warns Vita that it will curb Elwood's charm, so Vita stops Dr. Lyman before it goes in his arm. Harvey's given the choice to stay with Willie or his friend, but of course he returns to Elwood in the end. There you go. <laughs> I should be like, That's uh, the entire plot of the movie Harvey and rhyming couplets. That's the best rapping rabbit material since the film Eight Mile. Ninja Turtles <laughs> Harvey crossover. That's what yes. a world. It's all coming round this episode. The Ninja Turtles, Usagi, yeah, Jimbo, it's come back a lot. Harvey. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Incidentally, my kids have got really well. My youngest, who is just four, a kid at her nursery plays Ninja Turtles, and that's all she knows about Ninja Turtles is what he says at her nursery. But she's really into it, and I played her uh, Turtle Power. And so now she she goes turtle power and stuff while she's jumping around. So she's Amazing. she's a big fan of that song with no context, basically. Yeah. Well, all she needs to know is Raphael is the best one, and then you can move on. Everyone's favorite. He's I'm the coolest sure. guy. I'm not sure she has any point of reference for any of them. So we could probably sell her on, you know, Leonardo being the coolest, and she wouldn't know any better. <laughs> My number three is Harvey from the film Harvey. This was going to happen. Yeah. It was definitely going to happen. 
but I don't have to uh, give you a rundown of the plot anymore because we have a, yeah, no, a you've got a, Yeah, you've got to sing. You've got to sing. <laughs> you've done your own rhyming <laughs> You've got to do it. Did you not do any of the prep? You've got to do it in the style of a Ramones song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right. So, Harvey, what I like about Harvey is, um, you know, Mark Marin has this thing where he says, you know, to get through all of this, you use whatever options you have at your disposal to maintain your sanity without hurting anyone. And what I like about Harvey is put sanity aside. He's obviously quite nuts, but they kind of, he's living a happy life. He's the only one in the movie who's truly happy. He's, you know, everyone else is having a horrible, stressful time. He's just sitting around all day with a rabbit who seems nice. And, um, and he's not hurting anyone. And I like that this, this movie, which is charming, and it does have Jimmy Stewart in it, who is uh, one of the all-time best dudes. Um, it makes you wonder, you know, would it be better if he was awake to reality like everyone else, depressed and stressed and miserable? I like the fact that at the end, they just leave him be with his rabbit because he's happy and he's not hurting anyone it's nice yeah and that's not something that happens in films and stories and stuff it does happen in real life there's loads of people that you know about the place and whatever and you're like they're they're kind of mad mm. but they're okay they've got their weird thing that they're doing and they're their madness is containing them right yeah like it's yeah. like they found their equilibrium you know I don't want to do what they're doing, but they're okay. And that's good. You know, and that very normally in a film or something, it's like, here's a problem to be solved. You know, I think it's also what your brain does to cope with anything that you're constantly adapting your, uh, your brain to go, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to deal with this now <laughs> and take that on. <laughs> and then you go, all right, okay, I've got to, got to still get on with my, uh, my day now so i'm gonna to have to adapt in some way yeah to some new uh new scenario do what you gotta do um harvey used to always be they used to show on christmas morning used to be one of the first things on they'd be on about 6 a.m and it would either be before or after way out west so it used to always be on it's a very good both of them actually are very good christmas morning movies because mm. they're sort of like they sort of set you up well for the day. Mm. Yeah, the Way Out West uh, dance scene is one that I will pull up on YouTube if I'm miserable. It it mm. will definitely cheer me up no matter what's happened. <laughs> they're both good. They're in the now that they don't show them. They're both good Christmas fare if you want to listen to it in a on on Christmas morning. It's a good it's good uh, a good stiffener to get you in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, now you can just hit up YouTube for all your top top wholesome clips on the day mm -hmm. rather than wait for you know itv to program in a minute at 6 a.m <laughs> you might wait a while yeah my number three as i'm guessing will turn up on your list is roger rabbit and i watched roger who framed roger rabbit again the other day because i got disney plus and i'm slowly watching everything on it you know except for all the 90s fox tv programs they've recently added which i won't be watching but um i kind of i've always really liked it and i watched it at the time and then i watched it on tv and you know for a while it was like pretty much 
a video in a VHS in everybody's house. You know, everybody's house you go out to would have Roger Rabbit and it was just kind of everywhere. And then it wasn't everywhere for, for 20 years or something, you know, it just kind of was a memory. And uh, so I was like, I want to watch that again and see if it's as good. And it, and it is as good. It's really good. It's a really good film. And it's like so, such a love letter to all of Hollywood, the Hollywood studio system and cartoons and all of that. And the, and the, yeah, I mean, Roger Rabbit as a, as a main character or co-star with, uh, with Bob is like, uh, totally carries his, you know, I mean, it's a big, that's a big role for a cartoon character, but it's probably not another role in a film where a cartoon character has to do that, right? Hold their own with a top actor. Um, you know, if you could outact Michael Jordan quite easily, you know, like <laughs> you'll be all right, you know. Also but, uh, a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, also a rabbit. But, but yeah, like. And also come up before Michael Jordan, the Turtles. When did Michael Jordan all... come up before? Air Jordans. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, well, uh, he'd be in my top fives of lots of things, but. Uh, not nice men or rabbits but um yeah i don't know i'm sure you guys are gonna talk about roger rabbit more but uh fantastic fantastic bit of animation fantastic performance voice just hilarious my number three is bugs bunny exactly uh the warner brothers bugs bunny uh and it's funny because in a fun in a way bugs bunny isn't a great rabbit even within the looney tunes pantheon he's not the best one but it would be insane oh yeah no he's the best rabbit all oh, right the, i was gonna the, say like sorry you're picking the i mean like he's not bunny the best character the one from space jam <laughs> the horribly sexy bunny is the, <laughs> the best one uh no yeah but um but it'd be insane not to include and i do like i do love bugs bunny cartoons but almost I prefer the supporting cast more than I prefer Bugs himself or herself, depending on how he's uh, who he's trying to attract that day. <laughs> um, it's very fluid. Uh, but but as the centre of that as the centre of that universe, it'd be mad not to include him. So I love I would lo I love a Bugs Bunny cartoon, even though Bugs himself isn't isn't my favorite character he's almost he's he's the vessel where all the others around him come from i much prefer daffy duck to bugs bunny i prefer yosemite sam to bugs bunny <laughs> i prefer wiley coyote to bugs bunny and the wiley coyote bugs bunny cartoon with the talking wiley coyote is the greatest bugs bunny cartoon there is and it's it's the one where he he tries to sell him. He comes up and you know he builds his own door, then knocks on it and outside the the burrow thing. Um, but that is that is the greatest Bugs Bunny cartoon. Um, so I kind of like the supporting character more than like Bugs and like like Roadrunner in that way where Roadrunner is like a prick, but like Wiley Coyote is the one you actually like, even though he's meant to be the bad guy. It's like it's like that. It's it's one that tells you. Wiley Coyote isn't really a bad guy. Wiley Coyote is closer to me than Bugs Bunny is. <laughs> Roadrunner's a dickhead. <laughs> Wiley Coyote is like a great, like we love him, right? He's better. 
he, he's a better he's a better guy than Roadrunner. You Road like Runner's him because he's asshole. a loser. He can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a loser, and he he gives up on things at the first attempt. Um, he orders things from catalogs. Yeah, he's much more <laughs> like me. I can't relate to Roadrunner. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but, but it'd also be because of that and because of the world that surrounds Bugs Bunny, it'd be mad, insane not to include him in my in my list. Um, and, and you know, I like Mel Blanc. I love the Chuck Jones cartoons. Um, but I was struggling, like he could almost be higher, but then you go, but then he's even in his own world, he's not my favorite. I like I like the surrounding universe of the Looney Tunes characters. But in a way, Bugs isn't my favourite. So he sort of should be higher or he should be lower. So I've put him dead in the middle. Do you know what I and like I the that's... best out of out of all of your list off episodes? Mm -hmm. It's the bits where you struggle like it's an internal moral struggle about your ranking. <laughs> like everything in my life is a moral struggle. <laughs> I can't not have him, but should I, should I have him higher? Or... <laughs> It'd be insane not to have him. But he can't if be you, there. If you're not going to take it seriously, Haley, I don't know why you're here at all. <laughs> I'm going to stick up for Bugs more. You've done him dirty um, at, in a, at a later bit of this show. So uh, let's move on to Haley's number. My number two is Huge Harold from the children's book Huge Harold by Bill Peets. Are we familiar? Oh. No. Don't know. I it? don't know the I'm book. I'm gonna Google it. Hold on. Right. So, Bill Pete, he was he did about 20, 28, something like that children's books. He was uh, Disney's top story guy for years and years. He started working with them when they did Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, the Jungle Book was the last thing he worked on there, which is my favorite Disney movie. Um, directed I do know this book. Stone. I do know this book. I've just checked it. Yeah. yeah. So he apparently had a row with Disney himself and left. And that was the end of his Disney career. But his children's books are great and weird. And Huge Harold came out in 64. And it's about this rabbit who grows too big to be a rabbit and has to leave home and find his own way in the world. And the reason he's my uh, number two rabbit is because he's me. So for the <laughs> for the uninitiated, and I know you might be on a podcast, so you can't see this. Uh, I'll paint the scene. I'm, I'm a giant woman. I'm absolutely massive. I'm almost as big as Harvey the rabbit. Um, and, uh, but I'm still human sized, although I didn't feel that way when I was a kid. Uh, my mum would read me Huge Harold and every time, you know, there's loads of pictures of him trying to, like he has to leave home. So he's got to find somewhere to sleep and he finds a barn and he's trying to sleep in the barn, but his ears are poking out the windows and his feet are poking out the door. And she'd point at the picture and she'd go, that's you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the reason he's not my number one is spite really, because, you know, um, he, uh, he's, he's a, a big rabbit in my life for reasons outside of my control. And um, so he, he is a big rabbit in my life, but he's, he's knocked off the top spot because he tormented me really, because I imagined that I too one day would have to leave town and live in the woods because I grew too big for houses. That's how it's you a, came to London. <laughs> and that's how I came to London. <laughs> that's your origin. <laughs> that's my origin story. 
So huge Harold by Bill Pete. He did, he did so many good ones. He did um, Hubert's hair raising adventure, which was about a lion who was very vain and loved his hair. And then it got burned off somehow. So he wanted to kill himself. Um, they're all, they're all about strange animals. They're really yeah. good. I'm going to have to catch I've up just with Googled these. I it and had a, yeah, I've just Googled it and gone. Oh yeah. yeah. I yeah. absolutely remember that as, as I do a bunch of his other books that came up in the search. Um, but yeah, very much, very good choice. Very good rabbit. Thank you. Well remembered. <laughs> uh, my number two is the topical one this week is the Easter bunny. Um, I, I feel like after our Easter chocolate episode, I need to give due respect to the Easter bunny in, in my, it, the Easter bunny dates back to at least the 17th century Germany, the Osterhase. Um, Germans they call it all, don't they? Germans they call it, all they... rabbits hairs. Like there's the the German word for rabbit is like rarely used. Everything's a hair, it's just hairs. Do they so have if... massive rabbits? Do they just think it would be easier if they were all? I, I guess they have Why? more hairs than they have rabbits. But in the same way that if we were drawing a cartoon rabbit, it'd be like, is a cartoon rabbit? In Germany, they'd draw a cartoon hare, a hase. You know, that's just what they do. So it's like they refer to rabbits as hares. Basically, there is a they can call them caninkian which is like that's the word for rabbit but uh they just call them all hairs so anyway i'm getting off the point and um it was widely believed in like medieval times to be a, a hermaphrodite you know like it could it had like vir virgin virgin birth rabbit that would you know signal the 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 new the new life of spring and stuff anyway that but in my family the easter bunny is is in my family tradition, Easter bunny is a, is a female bunny and she brings the eggs for the Easter hunt and somehow liaises with the parents to, to make this work because the parents have to kind of go and do some helping. Right. So she's a very enigmatic character, but brings the chocolate for the, for the little kids. And that's good. Like I'm, that's good. I'm into the chocolate bringing as you know, and I like the, uh, I like thinking about like when I talk to my kids and they start to ask too many questions and they're like, how does the, how does the Easter bunny, how does the Easter rabbit, um, bring the eggs? Cause you, uh, rabbits couldn't hold one egg, right? Let alone. <laughs> sure. That's, That's true. Point. They're not That's too well cut out for carrying things like that. Right. Like, so I like when they start asking too many questions, you know, like, it's just, it's a kind of magical rabbit. And, and, um, my eldest asked me recently, like, is the Easter bunny real? And I was like, you have these choices, you have these moments in parenting, you know, you get, you get a choice. And I went, yeah, yeah, but very mysterious. Like you don't see, you know, you don't really see them, but you've seen it. Well, I've been involved in, you know, organizing Easter hunts, but you know, it's all very, you know, and each time, each year, I'm going to get a choice. Like, is this the year where I go? Nah, you know, mm. but I, no, for now we're holding on to the Easter rabbits wheel. And I'm a big fan of a rabbit based sort of holy entity that can do magical gift bringing. I'm into I, I didn't believe in the Easter bunny when I was a kid, but then I was in, when I was a little kid, because I thought no, that sounds bogus to me. But then when I was in preschool, so I would have been about five, it was Easter and we came in 
and so they'd done like stencils on the ground like rabbits footprints in flour so they'd got like stencils out and and shaken flour onto the ground and i was like oh he's real now it's real. like that that messed me up for like another couple of years i was like well he's real because he left all those footprints yeah, evidence in preschool yeah evidence i wanted to see evidence they gave Ex me evidence exhibit a you were like <laughs> i don't not going for your enigmatic rabbit that is mysterious but if you yeah. show me some tracks i yeah. i can still see them and and my vision of them is from like you know hip height so it's like kids eye view of these giant feet on the ground they were big rabbit feet why would they leave oh, big ones. tracks i don't know because he's magical he's mysterious isn't he yeah, he's like, <laughs> i don't have a sense of the easter bunny like i don't know how tall he's meant to be i like i, I couldn't tell if he's rabbit sized he's a uh, man sized somewhere in between i'm not sure i don't have a sense of him are you asking ozzy because yeah. he's a dad yeah, I, I don't, don't know. Like not I met said, him. Like I said, it's a kind of you don't really you kind of liaise through the, you know, mind waves. You don't mm. really get to get a glimpse, you know. And well, there's I a can handover. Tell you, from the evidence I saw, Nat, his feet are dinner plate sized. Whoa! Wow! Yeah. Okay. All right. And I'd like to know, <laughs> like, how the Easter Bunny gets all around the world to deliver eggs. Like, we know that Father Christmas does it with like reindeers, flying reindeers, right? And and there's sort of some sort of time bending skills, but it's not at all clear what the Easter Bunny. He bounces. They can run doesn't pretty he? fast. He doesn't eat, like pogo around the world, something like that. To jump across seas. Yeah, he's mysterious. <laughs> Into oh, I'm just very grateful. We're very grateful you know supporter of the easter bunny big fan yeah i should i should have given him some credit i, I always feel like in a way <laughs> the reason i didn't he didn't include him in my list is because he's he's sort of to me he's more of a like second fiddle to santa and i felt like i don't know if i but you just I don't know if i give him his due respect you just said last fair. week that you prefer easter chocolate to you know oh yeah but like i mean like as a, a versus santa you know, I'd be like, I, I, I personally don't hold him in uh, way better than high tooth esteem. Fairy, oh, 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 Tooth Fairy's yeah. rubbish. When we do our top five, like, mythical gift bringers. Gift givers. Gift yeah, givers. Yeah. You can have, like, the Krampus and, um, you know, uh, the Christkind that they have in Germany. It's like a flying, magical Christ baby that brings all the presents. <laughs> Love that one. Um <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, on to the next. What's, what's next? Nat's number two. Uh, my number two is Roger Rabbit. Um, again, when I was compiling my top five, I thought I can't really, I can't really have Roger Rabbit above Bugs Bunny. And then I realised I really like Roger Rabbit in a way that I don't know that I like personally, Bugs Bunny. Um, and again, I think it's a brilliant character. And one who's in a film which is bringing together all these various iconic cartoons from the previous like 40 or 50 years. You, you, you're introduced to a main character who has to hold his own amongst icons. And I think that is what they do that's so clever. And to have like Disney must have known that going in and going, we need to produce this rabbit that is going to essentially hold his own against the Bugs Bunny or something. Mm. And uh, 
they got Charles Fleischer, who I remember used to promote it a lot in this country, who was the voice of Roger Rabbit, who was sent on Blue Peter and things to do a lot of the promotion. And to have that sort of insane Roger Rabbit voice that he could do at the drop of a hat. And it's that, it's sort of, it's the entire performance. So you get someone who is this comic and actor who can do it in person as well as mixing it with like the animation. And it's not to not to say like someone like Mel Blanc doesn't also do that, but it is like they have to come up with the whole character. So straight away you introduce this character you've never seen before. He's the main character of this massive movie. And almost instantly before you see him, you already have to be sold on the idea that this guy is your main guy in a world of all of the cartoons. Mm. And they do it really well. And um, Bob Hoskins' performance does a lot to do that as well, because he obviously completely buys into this idea of there's not for a second do you think he's not talking to nothing. He's absolutely totally sold on the idea yeah. that he is looking at and talking to this rabbit. But wasn't um, Flasher wearing a rabbit suit on set because he like needed to get in in character? I read that he was like he would be on set. Oh, maybe wearing a rabbit suit, you know, yeah. <laughs> to give Hoskins something to act against, but also because he couldn't do the voice without it. I heard a thing this week or last week that was a that was talking about that. They said there's actually a scene in it where Hoskins is so good at doing the eye level thing the whole way through and looking exactly at like three and a half foot off the ground. It's a bit like, oh, you've never really seen it done this well. Then for one scene, when they're getting into the editing room, they realize he's just stopped doing it and he's looking dead ahead. <laughs> and so in the animation, it's that bit where he sort of goes right up against the wall and he puts him on tiptoes so that on tiptoes, he's eye level with Hoskins. <laughs> and I went, oh, lovely. Uh, it's, it's lovely because kiss. they they played they used the fact that the roger rabbit character is so anxious and neurotic that he might do that he might flatten himself yeah. up against the wall <laughs> so hard that he's standing on his toes i loved that 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 was their solution to, to yeah. the problem in character in character solution yeah and um, it was used in lots of promos that shot like this mm. this fudge that they did in the animation studio became one of the most famous shots in the film yeah I guess a lot I of think regular well. live action filmmakers would quite like to be able to sort of reanimate the people afterwards in post-production to fix <laughs> yeah. mistakes, right? Like it's something you can do with animation that you can't do. When, when people nowadays are very excited by Marvel films where characters meet each other, hmm. that as a kid, it was mind blowing that Bugs Bunny was in a film with Mickey Mouse. Mm. I couldn't, <laughs> but also being the kind of kid who would know why that couldn't happen yeah <laughs> like, i knew that you can't these guys can't mix yeah. these guys can't hang out and that was mind-blowing in in that and it's so kind of way ahead of its time and people don't talk about it in that way now like and now i guess it's probably even less likely to happen because they're much more corporate entities you know they probably would specifically never allow bugs bunny to i mix don't with know a you know character. i think if you take the superhero example like once the world tires of superhero films, right? That's when you're going to see Avengers versus the Justice League. You know, that's when you're going to see Superman versus Thor or something. When they're like, no one's coming anymore. We're, we're losing money on these films. That's when they phone each other up and go, let's make a film together because otherwise <laughs> this game is up. You know, like, they're going to start doing what <laughs> comics did. Just exactly. Mix them all they're up. the same thing. Is, is they're going to have to be like, and I, so, you know, I mean, 
I feel like that's kind of what happens with Bugs Bunny in a way. It's like, well, we've got 60 or 70 years out of these characters. We could probably afford to put them in the same film, right? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we just have to I wait I specifically longer. remember watching that. I saw it at the Barbican when it came out. And I specifically remember that bit about, it's about 10 minutes, five or 10 minutes in the movie where Dumbo shows up at the window of the maroon cartoons and just being that kind of, like, <laughs> that, that seems mad that Dumbo has shown up in this. So you sort of go, oh, Dumbo's in it. And it is that sort of thing where, like, I, I'm sure people get out of Avengers movies where there are loads of little cameos from other movies. This was, like, every, like, one every, like, two minutes you just get this mad cameo yeah there's too a... many to see like in the, in the, in the yeah. scene at the end where they like all gather around and celebrate sort of thing and then head off into yeah. toontown or whatever there's like the entire history of cartoons there you know yeah and then of course porky pig shows up at the end and says that's all folks and you yeah. go oh of course porky yeah. pig and i also love all this stuff about the uh how movies are made like you know and and the idea that the animations were just actors playing roles so there was that baby who was actually an asshole as soon as the camera stopped rolling <laughs> it yeah, it's worked really it well. taught me about films when i was a kid mm. this is how this stuff is made this is the camera that, this is yeah it's a sweet spot for me that kind of 40s hollywood stuff anything that's set then i kind of i find it totally romantic and get totally sucked into those worlds and also as well as that it's also uh it appears to be in the same universe as Chinatown, which is the other thing I quite <laughs> like. It makes references to like proper adult films that are a bit like, and it is that it works really well because it's it is saying there's like an adult world and there's Toontown, but they're you know they're basically next door to each other. My number one is Roger Rabbit. Right, so this is it's like happened again on it's all three lists now. On all three lists, and I love him because. Even with his design, like because he seems to be a combination of everybody, he's got like Mickey Mouse's shorts on, kinda. He's got his <laughs> yeah. gloves. So when you're a kid and you see him for the first time, you feel like you already know him. And it's it was it's mad to me that I knew him so well, and he was just in that film. I had a Roger Rabbit toy, um, and my mum threw him out with my Ninja Turtles. Uh, there they are again. <laughs> and I I think about them, my Ninja Turtles and my Roger Rabbit. They're gone. But anyway, he, he I, had the, I, the soft toy that was about kind of that big, like kind of yeah. And you yeah. could take his uh, you could take his trousers off. Yeah, he great. didn't have like a rabbit penis or anything, but he was. He was there and um, I like him because he's got this perfect comedy timing. Um, he's this heartbreakingly hyperactive talker and he's got this insanely hot wife who he seems to love for her personality and everybody else <laughs> is just looking at her tits. And he's got this really strong work, work ethic. He's, um, he's a good guy. And I like in the movie, because the movie is so aware of itself being a movie, do you remember there's a bit where Judge Doom is going around looking for Roger and they're in a bar and, he's, and he says, have you seen the rabbit? And the guy goes, yeah, I've seen the rabbit. And he puts his arm around this invisible guy and goes, well, say hello to Harvey. Like there's a Harvey yeah. crossover. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, there's so many ways this movie could have been bad and it somehow ended up being amazing. Like the way they animated it by hand, um, you know, later, animations that tried that hybrid live action and animation stuff doesn't work as well because they have done it on computers so it doesn't 
have like a real tangible quality to it. And there was just so much work put into Roger Rabbit and making him look like he did exist. Mm. And I love that Bob Hoskins thing where he had the eye line every, every time except for that one scene. And of course, cartoonisty people are going to solve the problem like that. We'll just draw it like this. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I love everything about it. I think there's a real myth that that when people make films for kids, they think, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. It's for kids. They won't mind. Whereas I always think when I was a kid, I asked so many questions mm. and I was so kind of interested in the world. And if for a second there was any bit of logic that made that world unravel, I wouldn't have been able to get on with that film at all. <laughs> and as you're watching it, every conceivable question that you would have as a kid watching it is, is answered within the film. So it's like, what, how? okay, that's how that works. That's how that works. And it's a really great film for kids because like you say, it's sort of teaching about, it teaches you, it establishes its own universe, establishes its own rules, doesn't break them for a minute and sort of explains things like cartoons and movie making mm. in this way that kind of checks out with all the stuff you already know about it anyway and just sort of adds to this sort of logic. It makes a real logical sense in this absolutely insane world. And it's so rare that any film sort of manages that. Um, and I think especially that it's for kids because I think they're sort of the most inquisitive people that will ever watch it. Yeah. And the opposite of, of how, um, how people often make films for kids in this incredibly cynical way. Mm. It's very uncynical movie and it's sort of almost anti-cynicism. Yeah. And it's sort of, that's what it takes at the end, it's Bob Hoskins' character is not allowed to be cynical and has to enter into his world for it to work. You know, he has to buy into it. Great movie. Have any, have any of you read any of the books? No. No. Because I always think that, I find that interesting, but not interesting enough to read the books without someone telling me they're good. Because I think there's three or four of them, you know, which were, you know, the first one is before the film and, you know, like eight years before or something. And, you know, it's a kind of, uh, I think it's like a kind of pulpy, crime book you know because it, it, it it's not in the cartoon world they're, they're like comic strip characters right yeah and i think he's brown yeah he's a brown rabbit and uh, yeah like it's it's oh that's another thing i read that paul rubens did the voice on an early test of roger rabbit oh really yeah i oh. i haven't seen any of that anywhere but no, I that can imagine been... it though, sort of very Pee Wee's Playhouse kind yeah. of. Uh, yeah. I can see why they just, do that. When I rewatched it the other week or whatever, I just was, I was amazed at how good it looks and how like much effort they put into how it looks and everything because that it's like eighty nine, right? Yeah, that's that, that not a golden era for animation. Like a lot of the films that come out around that time are really half assed looking, you know, really. You know, it's not the high point, and it looks brilliant. You know, it, it looks fantastic. I've seen where the the light is. Uh, someone's knocked the light, so it's swinging around, and they have to kind of change where the light source is coming from on the rabbit. That must have taken so much work if you're just drawing it. Yeah, and they they did it so it looks like a real scene. Yeah. Once it's, you know all this stuff, when you're when you're grown up and you're no longer a kid and you're just watching it thinking, you know, this is what's happening. When you're watching it as somebody going, how did they make this? Hmm. It just seems like the most huge amount of work. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. It was funny. It's something we appreciate. It was funny as being, you know, kids and stuff when it was a big deal, when it was a huge deal when it came out. And for five or 10 years afterwards, in a way, it was a huge deal. And like you said, like they, they made Roger Rabbit be a character that suddenly sat alongside your Mickeys and your Bugs and stuff, right? And then he isn't now. And of, of course he isn't now because it hasn't really been followed up. You know, they did a few little bits, Bob's, but it hasn't really been followed up. And so he's not it's you know what i mean he's, he's not a character that's going to carry on being on that level but for that time he really was if you were a kid in the 90s or something you know it was like if you, someone said name a cartoon character you might name roger rabbit first mm. you know th- th- it's very particular to that time bad one my number one is bugs bunny and i think bugs bunny's amazing i think bugs bunny especially especially the early ones when they haven't quite nailed the look down is fantastic. And you went through all the supporting characters being better and didn't name the best one. The best one is Elmer Fudd. Elmer <laughs> Fudd is Elmer, the, the battle between Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny is like the culture wars. It's the, it's the never ending struggle for America's soul, right? There's a super <laughs> smart guy. Yeah. And a bumbling cretin and they're in, you know, they're just winding each other up. And uh, I, you know, you were talking about Bugs Bunny, like he's just kind of like some nice guy, middle of the road. He's like the biggest wind up, smart ass, and just, you know, terrorizes Elmer Fudd or, you know, all those guys. He's just, uh, I, I think he's fantastic. And I think the, the voice work is amazing and so spare and, you know, I love the, I love, we didn't live through that era of kind of cinema cartoons like that, where people would be like this, this, this five minute Bugs Bunny cartoon showed to millions of people around the world in the cinema and then won an Academy award. And, you know, it'll be like two cartoons and he becomes a worldwide star, you know, 10 minutes of screen time makes him a worldwide star. It's, it's incredible. And he fought in the war. You know, he was a big propaganda, propaganda <laughs> uh, warrior. You know, you watch those, what's it, The Hair and the Hair, where he meets like Hermann Goering and Hitler <laughs> and then appears as Stalin at the end, smoking a pipe. Like, <laughs> they, you know, no one's doing that now. Like, I mean, probably a good thing that they're not enlisting yeah. our ch- children's favorites into propaganda these days <laughs> in that sort of overt way. But since it did happen, you've got to, you've got to give him credit for doing his bit for the war effort there. I, I'm a huge Bugs Bunny fan. Apparently a lot of the sort of silent movie stars that would make these shorts, these two reeler shorts before movies all sort of saw Bugs Bunny as being almost like, Oh, right. That's what killed our careers really in these shorts. It's what stopped all these two reelers except for Chuck Jones. Who's like, no, we did it because we love you lot. Like they, yeah, it's like yeah. Chuck Jones is like a massive Buster Keaton fan. So he's like, no, we're just trying to do that. We're yeah. trying to, we're basically copying you. We're not like, we're not trying to run you out of business. And you, another thing about Bugs is that he was the first, the first cartoon character to appear on a U.S. postage stamp. They're very particular about what can go on a U.S. postage stamp. Like, you can't have a living person on a U.S. postage stamp. Oh, really? They have to be yeah. dead. I think you have to even be dead yeah. for an amount of time, a significant amount of time. Um, but uh, Bugs was the first cartoon character on one, beating Mickey Mouse. One of the things I miss most about video shops and having to go and select your video and take it home. And if it if they didn't have it, you just couldn't see that film. Um, one of the things I miss the most is just 
putting it on and you get your Bugs Bunny cartoon before your movie. Mm. I just took that for granted. Now, yeah. if I want to watch Bugs Bunny, I have to search him out on purpose. Yeah. And it used to be on our TV. It used to be like if you got up early, there'd be a bunch of Looney Tunes on Bugs Bunny on before the the, the main program started. They just yeah. fill any gap with them, wouldn't they? They just, if they had a bit of yeah. schedule, they just stick one in. We're a weird country who uh, make things, programs that are like 55 minutes because that's how long they took to make. So they go, oh, <laughs> they go, oh, we sort of, we sort of gave you an hour. And they go, yeah, yeah, I made it, but it's only 53 minutes. And they go, right. And they go, put a, put a Bugs Bunny on, put some yeah. Jerry on. And it's like, and that's almost like just these weird things where you just go, and now for some reason, it's Bugs Bunny. It's like, okay. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, it really and was. And you sit there and you take, you just, because Bugs Bunny, you learn and you watch about through osmosis. It just happens. Bugs Bunny is always there. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm sticking up for Bugs Bunny. I think it's fantastic. Archetypal bunny, like eating a carrot. Like kids now, they don't even probably see Bugs Bunny unless you went out of your way to show them. Yeah, I have, I have. Um, but, you know, they, <laughs> they still know, like, you know, you get a carrot and you're like, you know, you, they know how to eat a carrot like Bugs Bunny. You know, probably rabbits themselves yeah. have been influenced by Bugs Bunny. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure rabbits ate carrots before Bugs Bunny. I've learned from Wile E. Coyote that if a train is about to hit your house, the best, uh, best thing you can do is pull the blind down. <laughs> <laughs> best gag. Best gag. Who's your number one, Nat? My number one is fiverr the oh. character from uh, watership down the little one he's not the brave one like he's not he's not john hurt fiverr is a uh, uh is richard Bryars, and he's the one who sees sees that the fields are bleeding <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know he's he's a scared rabbit who sees it all because he's got something he's he's a little bit magic um but that that film had such such an impact on me uh, as a kid uh and you can see why it's because it's absolutely terrifying <laughs> and all of it all of it from the kind of um lord thrith the sort of sun god and uh and these kind of tales of what's he called al al alhera the sort of rabbit the rabbit the first rabbit mm. and it takes all these sort of weird sort of blair rabbit mythologies and makes them into this sort of essentially sort of fantasy fantastic world of something that's incredibly commonplace mm. um uh but yeah that was my that was my big big number one i, I brought with me i think it's one of those things that had such an impact on me and it was like i've got the uh uh the bright eyes single uh well, it's a, an italian pressing um <laughs> and it's pretty um, big in Italy, being big horror fans over there. They're yeah, yeah, the biggest yeah, kids' film of all time in Italy. Um, and that that was also something I found out later that that's um, that that was number one the week I was born. So it does feel like in it some was. way it's got that, that like weird. Lots of things about it always comes back. Always comes back. You were born shit. under a folk horror sign, like it was. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> I the... always liked um, Cowslip because he was so camp and creepy and you couldn't tell if he was insane or evil. <laughs> and uh, it, he just seemed like this old lovey in the corner of a pub. 
you know, making mm. you listen to his poetry. He was the weirdest thing in a very weird film. Yeah. Well, that's because everyone in it is an old lovey. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you've got like Richard Briers doing this kind of, oh, it's, it's bleeding, it's bleeding. Hazel. And you've got... Um, um, Denholm Elliott. You've got... Yeah, Denim Elliott, you've got John Hurt, who sounds like he's like he's Hazel the Rabbit, who, who sounds like he's got a B and H on the go while he's recording his voice. It's it's good, um it's good stuff. And um and it's it's strong beer for some for kids and adults alike. Yeah, I, I've told you before how terrified of all films my children are, and like especially <laughs> ones with scary music right like scary music and something the feeling that something bad is about to happen they're like turn it off turn it off turn it off and they'll just start crying right you're not getting through anything these days i can't even tell you the last time we managed to get through a film they're not going to watch watership down with me until they're about 35 you know i'm going to have to live long enough to, to watch watership down with them what are they because they have that that impending doom in the warnings sometimes what do they call it it's something like it's there's an actual warning for like feelings of terror but oh, yeah it's mild, not... peril. Mild, mild peril mild peril mild yeah. peril mild peril is like the least you can have on a on a on a dvd back right it will say mild peril and that is the worst thing for my kids what mild peril <laughs> is like their kryptonite they're just like no mild peril turn it off <laughs> I think it's odd because it was almost, I think it was perceived as something that is quite a reassuring watch for kids yeah. as well of my generation. It was like, oh, we'll put Watership Down. Yeah, my parents, would, my mum would be like, oh, yeah, it's on TV. Why don't you watch Watership Down? Really nice. Okay? I'm going to go and do some work. Mm. And you'd be like coming upstairs like, mom, this is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just crying. <laughs> and it's not just, it's not just that. It's not just a mat. It's not, it does both. It puts things in your head, which are terrifying ideas and the ideas that there's like this sort of omens of blooded bleeding nature mm. but also it's incredibly violent yeah visibly that you watch it and go well that's the rabbit who's just had his throat rips out yeah it's just things like that it's like uh it's it's just incredibly like there's there's blood and they the, the rabbits fight each other and they scratch each other's eyes out and things. It's real, like, hard bit and real, real nature that shows, much like squirrels, that a lot of animals are <laughs> bastards. I it, it, it is like sort of traumatizing to the point where, you know, in the late 80s or early 90s, they brought out uh, the animals of Farthing Wood cartoon, oh. which I was a bit old for and I thought it was rubbish and boring. But the lingering dread of Watership Down gave animals of Farthing Wood this kind of like sinister <laughs> feel. Yeah. Like anytime you're watching it, you're going, Some something terrible is going to happen. And it never did, really. Like you'll be like a fox stole their acorn or something. But you'd I be don't think it, like, I've seen that one. I just assumed bad things. It's rubbish. It? It's rubbish. But you get the sense that like it could all start bleeding. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> cartoon sort of english countryside is sinister <laughs> but what if uh what if they uh bury the uh the burrows where the uh the watership down rabbits live and they just can't get out and they crush each other to death so oh, that's a nice thought yeah <laughs> a lovely thought to leave the kids with let's let's animate that and imagine what it might look like in a weird abstract way yeah. and you go oh oh just horrific absolutely horrific 
but brilliant at the same time. It does feel like it teaches you stuff. And it's still, you know, it's still a use certificate film if you watch it now. Yeah, but that's not Which mild does suggest peril. That. That's, that's, that's heavy peril. It mm. really does suggest that it is a film that has never been revisited by the BBFC. <laughs> they rubber stamp that. No one has watched that again. Yeah, like, They've just watched it and gone, sure, what you probably. It's they old. remade it recently, and I think James McAvoy played Fiverr. And I watched it, and it was just like a, a cartoon for kids. And it, it didn't have that thing that makes you feel sick when you're watching oh. it. And uh, <laughs> there was none of that. It was just a story about rabbits. The same stuff happened, but it didn't have that folk horror, bizarre shit that is just all over mm. the original Watership Town. Run. Who would, Prince who would with a thousand to... enemies. Because if they catch you, they will kill you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a minute in. Who would be into it enough to want to remake it and then leave all that stuff out? Like, what was it you liked about it? The other stuff? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Remakers. I definitely wouldn't show you your kids. <clears throat> There's no chance. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is no chance. Did you have? I wanted to give a uh, honourable mention to a, a, a breed of real rabbits, the Flemish giant rabbit. Have you ever seen them? They're the biggest rabbits in the world. <laughs> they were like bred for their fur and meat. So they just tried to make them as massive as possible, and they're like these huge, like blubbery. They're like the walruses of the rabbit world. They can be up to one point four meters long, right? They're What's huge. it called? A Flemish rabbit. Flemish giant rabbit. Yeah, and I've seen them at like a country show. You know, like a. a that's exactly where you should see them. And they had like a collector of them and they're like big fat dogs, you know, or small bears, you know, but with rabbit ears, but they're all sort of blubbery and they're just huge. Like, you know, like a rabbit is only about half of its <laughs> yeah, length. This... And then, then you stretch them out when they stretch out their legs on either side, they're like huge. Like what yeah, this rabbit looks like, like dogs, they're massive. But what they look like is in Curse of the Were Rabbit, the, the rabbit that gets stuck to Wallace's head and becomes Wallace, yeah. he becomes big. He becomes bigger than the other rabbits they've That's got in them. the other hutch. So he becomes one of these, and his name is Hutch. He, that's it he's he's a flemish giant rabbit they're mm -hmm. they're kind of they're not terrifying though at all though because they're so sort of obese and 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 sort of unwieldy that they yeah, lose they look, the sprightliness of a rabbit they look a bit like my cat <laughs> <laughs> did you have any more I, more uh, honorable mentions i had a very niche honorable mention to um there are so medieval illuminated manuscripts were yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty cool guy chat cool guy chat they were decorated by guys like the medieval cartoonists essentially and sometimes they would just draw little cartoons in the margins that were not related to whatever the text was it was just part of the decoration and i presumably no one was paying that much attention because my dad was uh he got super obsessed with this years ago he was um he was researching the history of humor and he found all of these little drawings of rabbits in the margins of medieval manuscripts and they would be little cartoons and things would happen and they were just left there so honorable mentions to the work of bored medieval cartoonists there um also, I probably would have said Peter Rabbit just because I read a lot of Peter Rabbit as a kid, although 
as I said, these days I would side more with the farmer. Yeah, that's it. Mm. That's it. I'm a big fan. I, I don't like Peter Rabbit so much, but I'm a big fan of the fox in Mr. Beatrix Potter, Mr. Mr. Todd. Todd. Mm. And used to have a recurring nightmare about him uh, <laughs> being at a bus stop and then trying to eat me. Um, so you're a big fan of him and you used to have a recurring nightmare? Yeah, well, like, I think that's it. It's a, it's a strange relationship I have with uh, these people that try and try and destroy me and eat me. Very strange. Um <laughs> I had I I thought the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland was yeah, one of mine. He's an asshole. He's anxious. I like that. It's me on a bus wherever I'm going somewhere. Uh, yeah, he, I just he's have that. No, when when he's when he's late, I go. No, that's I, I can relate to that. He, I you thought you would have gone late. with maybe maybe the March Hare who likes to think it's tea time all the time. He's always got a cup of tea. No, but I don't know if I like the March Hare so much or the Mad Hatter. I, don't I really kind of don't rate them like as that. like if you, it's not true. If I if you were running late and I said to you something, you'd stop and be like, "Well, I am in a bit of a rush, but I'll do what I can." That's not what he does. He's just like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late." No, I, I, I don't. I, I think he's a bit brusque. I think he's a bit. He's, he's, um, he's, um, he's not polite. I also thought of uh, the sexy's Cadbury's caramel bunny. Oh, I, I thought that. I Marianne thought that would have been. I, I thought that would have been in your list. You hate her? Yes, I hate her. That's like the most mainstream furry fantasy rabbit ever. I hate it. It's like, well, this is so sexy. It's horrible. Don't Isn't it funny that everyone goes on about her sexy voice, voice and it's Miriam Margulies? Great Who voice. I love. Oh, no, I hate it. They make my skin crawl. That's like, that to me was like, when that advert would come on, it, that's like watching Euro Trash <laughs> with your parents and you get all embarrassed. Like, oh, stop being sexy, you bunny. But it's so good when you know it's her. I, I watched a documentary that she did recently and the opening scene was her hanging out her enormous underpants on the line saying, I do like a navy knicker. And they were, the, they were like flags. They were flag pants. So if you picture her <laughs> doing the oh. voice. Um, there's ones I think that will be big for older people that we'll probably hear about in the comments, which I bet I bet we get some mentions of Dylan from the Magic Roundabout, oh, yeah. the hippie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll get some. And, and you know, fair, fair play to them. Um, uh, I got Br'er Rabbit, the uh, classic, you know, oh, yeah, American yeah. kind of uh, moral, moral tale rabbit, but he's a good, a good wind-up merchant. A slick operator, and I used to have those. Used to get those stories as a kid, and yeah, I think Br'er Rabbit definitely has one of those kind of influence on lots of other culture, and is a significant, very significant rabbit. I reckon you could argue it's the most significant fictional rabbit. I guess things, but these are things. Bad rabbits, uh, Jive Bunny, probably the worst rabbit. No, not the worst. Uh, <laughs> who is your worst rabbit? Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh, complete <laughs> yeah. asshole, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I was glad to to not see rabbit on anyone's list. No, rabbit's horrible. The kids suggested rabbit, and I was like, "Are you listening to these stories? Like, <laughs> like rabbit's horrible to Tigger, and you like Tigger, you know? Rabbit's horrible to Pooh. Rabbit's rabbit sort of starts a sort of neighborhood watch to drive Tigger out of the the hundred acre wood. Rabbit's horrible. I hate rabbit. I like the way rabbit talks. I like voicing rabbit when I'm reading them. But yeah, it's a horrible person. I got um, that's I think Rabbit's the worst. Then Jive Bunny, and I'm not very keen on the Energizer slash Duracell Bunny. I think that's lame. <laughs> um, but a good one is Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. You know, Oswald. Is that the Disney Oswald. Yeah, the Disney Oswald, the character that Disney came up with. 
and is very much a, the precursor to Mickey Mouse. But he didn't have; he was just doing work for hire. Didn't have the rights to Oswald the Lucky really? Rabbit, and he asked for more money. And they just Universal just uh, said no. In fact, uh, we're going to offer you less money. And he went right. Well, I quit then. And he lost all of his team. He lost all of his team because they stayed on at Universal except for the one guy. And so they went off and created Mickey Mouse and went on their own. And uh, how famous is Oswald the Lucky Rabbit now? Probably not very lucky, really, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. But if you watch those cartoons in 1927, they're really good. But they've got that same weird thing that the early early Mickey ones have of like, it's like the screen is crawling. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just creatures and there's all these bits that are on loop, you know? So they'll just be like animals crawling out of a hole and another it would happen again and just they're everywhere and sort of swarming and it's yeah it's got that early animation weirdness to it but yeah oswald the lucky rabbit's a good one so we send people people you can Haley's on the radio on um and she's on a magical where you got your website can you can you have everything on your website hayleycampbell.com hayleycampbell.com has yeah nothing new on it in the last few years <laughs> Does it, link, does it link to all the things that you're up to and and uh ah uh, yeah it does yeah. on twitter she's on twitter like you've come back to twitter um and uh we're gonna have you back on the show with some relevant things later in the year um but so but we go we, we're gonna do next one we're doing one which uh somebody else has suggested so definitely send us your suggestions for for top fives we can do um all those things you're supposed to do like uh like share and know. subscribe do all those things yeah apparently it helps but i don't know i don't know i don't know <laughs> and uh thanks Haley, um, for, for for joining us and being our first guest and oh yeah thank you for coming on oh so um, welcome <laughs> and uh if people are listening to this before easter have a nice easter yeah and get yourself some chocolates yeah happy easter <laughs> Just get happy the eggs easter. in get the and give I mean. and give praise to the bunny which is what it's unless about. you live in the east london area in which they <laughs> stay away <laughs> there'll be plenty don't worry about it there's plenty yeah wait till after they're plenty. much cheaper then yeah don't don't worry about it <laughs> right happy easter thanks gang thank you goodbye bye <laughs>